Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk, the podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not set at the water cooler. Hi, Liz. Hey, Kat. Guess what? We have a letter today. We have a letter. Woohoo! It's a great question and one that we're super excited to tackle. So without further ado, here it is. Hi, Kat and Liz. I've been working at some great companies and I think I'm ready to be my own boss, but I really don't know what it means to be a consultant. I know a lot of people do it, but I'm not sure it's for me. What should I think about? What do I do before I quit? And how do I know if I'll be able to support myself as a consultant? Basically, I'm looking for a pros and cons list, and I know that's your specialty. (laughs) Thank you. Ready to be independent. Well, I like ready to be independent already because they've got a (laughs) sense of humor. Yeah, it's a big, huge scary decision. And sometimes people make that decision like they find themselves out of a job and like, well, I'll just be a consultant in the meantime and see what happens. I don't think that's really what we're talking about here. We're talking about like the cognizant choice of do I quit my job and hang my shingle and build a business, but really a business for themselves for the most part versus I'm an entrepreneur, you know, reinventing the wheel. So It's a big decision and it's something that we can't answer for somebody. They have to really answer it for themselves. For me, it's, there's questions around like comfort around undetermined revenue. There's a nice thing about that every two week paycheck deal that neither you or I enjoy, but there's a nice thing about having, being on benefits. There's a nice thing knowing that your job's there day in and day out versus wondering what's going to happen after this project. And you really have to know kind of what can I bring to the world and who's going to come to me and what are they going to come to me for and know kind of your value in the marketplace. I don't know. What do you think? Like what, what else do you think are things that yeah need to consider? Well, I absolutely agree with everything on your list, Liz. And like before making this kind of, this is a big leap, I think. Anytime you are kind of in a, in a career where you've been, you know, kind of steadily getting more experience and skills, you know, kind of in a, in a corporate ladder kind of thing. Anytime you're in that type of situation that there's a lot of safety and stability and everything is kind of taken care of and you just get to focus on your piece, right? So there's, there's just a lot involved. I mean, really, I think that if you're a consultant, you're basically a small business person, right? If you're doing it, if you're doing it right. And that, that's the way to look at it. So, you know, I think you have to really look at and assess your risk tolerance. You know, it's important to, you know, hopefully have a little bit of a runway financially because, you know, once you put up a shingle, that doesn't mean that revenue is going to hit immediately. I mean, now often, I mean, I know many people who had consulting offers before they left a full-time job, which is a smart way to go because, because you're, you know, you're going directly into some income, but there's a lot more involved with, you know, with being a consultant than actually, than, than just doing the consulting work that you probably have developed expertise in with your career. No, for sure. I mean, Yeah. When I left VMware, I had my first gig lined up. And so I knew that I I wasn't going to go dry, but there's also like all these costs. You know, if I work for Big Co and I need a new computer and I 
fill out the right form and whatever, I get a new computer. If I work for Liz Bronson Consulting and I need a new computer, you buy a new computer, buy a new computer. (laughs) And so, and every piece of technology, my Zoom account, my Calendly account, like all those things come out of my bottom line. Yes, I can write them off, but it's still out of my paycheck. They're still expenses. They're expenses that are necessary to run the consulting business that you're running. And there's setup costs too. So I think there is that risk piece and that responsibility piece um, that is different from when you work for someone else. Doesn't mean people aren't responsible. Don't, you know, go overboard with that one. But it's different when it's you on your own. And I think you have to really do some soul searching around, as you said, that risk tolerance. Because if you don't, if that's super uncomfortable and awful for you, it might not be a good thing. Yeah. You have to be okay with not knowing exactly when the money is going to come and just kind of trust in your ability to make it happen. And I think one of the most important aspects about doing something entrepreneurial like consulting is that you have to really believe in yourself. And if you're thinking about that's one parameter that you can use in making a decision. Do I, you know, do I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that for this type of work, there's a market for it? And do I know that I can hit it out of the ballpark consistently? Right. And that, you know, because you want to be really good at what you do if you go into business doing something. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, when you're thinking about that decision about going independent, this is board of advisors time. I mean, this isn't just coffee. This is dinner, people. I mean, really get them involved and also start kind of fishing with them and other people in your network of like, would they hire you or what would they hire you for? If you thought, if I told you I was a consultant, what would you think I'd be doing? And then you're going to start getting that story and hearing from your quote unquote marketplace, because yes, your network is going to be your marketplace for the most part of how they see you and what they see you for. And if that's something that's valuable from an outside consultant, because I mean, this is a stretch, but I might be a really great salesperson inside a company. I hit it out of the numbers and close the big deals. Do companies hire an outside closer? I don't know. So you have to know kind of what's your value add as a consultant. And the best way to learn that and to start your pitch is to hear other people and how they see you. That's a really great place to start. And also to you know, put together a business plan. There are lots of books and there are probably even lots of resources online for free that could tell you how to put together even a a little business plan. You start there. And I mean, I know some people who do side gigs, right? Who did side gigs first to make sure that, you know, maybe they did side gigs to build up a little bit of cash, which is, a you know, it's good to have some cash on hand. And then once they kind of, you know, got themselves to a place where, okay, I know I can, I can, you know, I've got three or six months, you know, to a place where they've got, you know, three or six months or whatever their comfort zone is, right. With a little bit of cushion, it makes it a little bit easier to jump off that ledge when you know that, okay, I'm, I believe in myself, I've got this plan. And in the meantime, I don't have to earn money for the next two months. Right. You know, I've got my mortgage paid. I've got my, you know, dinner on the table, et cetera. The, you know, the basic stuff. Yeah. Basic but also, stuff. 
also the startup costs because it costs something to start a company. Even if it's an LLC, it costs money and it costs money to get a domain and to build a website and to get business cards and whatever other things that you need to purchase in order to start this consultancy. You know, when we're in the services business, you don't need as much as if you're building something that actually takes stuff. It's just, you're selling yourself, but the costs are there and they're thousands of dollars, no matter how you slice it. And so I would say you want to be in a place of financial stability before you jump off the cliff or it's going to get uncomfortable fast. Yeah. It's already going, first of all, it's already going to be uncomfortable. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) But knowing you've got a cushion makes it a lot more comfortable. I think, you know, I think talk to folks, do a business plan, If you can do a side gig or two before you take the plunge, try to do that. Figure out what you need. You know, we're talking about like the costs that maybe we incurred or we know about, but you need to think about what you need. Are you in kind of a business where you need to have a conference room and people are going to come meet with you? Maybe you're an accountant. And so it's a face-to-face consultancy versus a something like what we do, which is a lot over video we don't need, video yeah mm-hmm. yeah we don't need an office space but maybe an office you need an office because of where you live or whatever but think about what you need to be started successful and to be able to successfully say to a new client yes hire me i've got i've got it all like what does that look like and i would look kind of out and say okay what are some things that will make me feel like I've been successful after six months, after a year, after two years, like what are my milestones that I'm looking to reach in this consultancy? Sometimes, you know, it, it's a certain dollar amount and sometimes it's a certain amount of clients and it's different for everybody. And I, but I think that when you've, you're holding yourself accountable to a certain success metric, it helps you know, if you're doing it. It helps you. Yeah. You know, whether you're meeting your target or not. As well as, you know, have a set amount of how much money you're willing to invest. You know, that's really important. Yeah. At what point do I maybe pivot and not do this? So I think that's all good things. And you want to think about how am I going to get business? Do I need a marketing budget? Do I need to advertise? What groups should I be a part of? What do I need to do to have credibility? Whatever. Again, there's everybody's going to have an individual roadmap because we all do different things, but you need to know yours. I think, I think it's important, Liz, though, to, you know, it's not just delivering the service that you're consulting on. There's sales and marketing, which takes, takes a fair amount of upfront work with developing, you know, developing your story, developing your brand, even looking into, you know, what are the values of this company? What what are the, or what are my values as an independent consultant? You want to be clear on all of that. Um, you know, what is your mission statement? What is your vision statement? All of those things will help you to kind of get yourself in the mindset where you're actually really imagining it. And that helps you to, that that does help you to decide, is this the right thing for me? So, you know, I think that all of these ready to be independent, all of these ideas could be, the things we're discussing could be opportunities to do those pros and con lists because you know that we're going to tell you to do some pros and cons. <laughs> right? So I would just, you know, Everything right at you know the, think about marketing. Do a, you know what? Are you going to be comfortable? Right. I I mean I remember when I first started my company, I I had a partner, 
And we had kind of a different, my background had been in HR consulting, which was my intention to kind of spend most of my time doing that. But I ended up spending most of my time selling the services that, you know, I sell, you know, selling staffing services. I still, I, I sold contract staffing and my, you know, my partner was going to fill the position. So that's, you know, that's how we set it up to get the initial uh, income rolling to be able to afford an office. So that was a really interesting experience. And uh, I think that uh, the next time I go into business with someone, I would approach it really differently, I think. And so that was a fabulous learning experience for mm-hmm. me. Totally. And I think that the sale is a part of it because even for someone like me, I hung my shingle seven years ago and I did have a client lined up. So I knew that I was all right. I had a runway. When I did, I was like, gave myself a year. Let's see how it's going in a year. And seven years later, it's still going pretty it's well. Yeah. It's working. But, you know, but I have to say, I'm also the second income in the household. I haven't provided our benefits ever. So that takes a lot of pressure off me. Mm-hmm. The benefits, yeah, the benefits are, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a two person, you know, right. Basically independent consulting household. Right. And the, the benefits get pretty pricey. For sure. But I think that like, I can pitch myself. I can pitch my value prop. I can talk to someone and tell them why they should hire me, what I bring to the table. And I think that in the beginning, I may not have been as good at it as I am now, but I think I knew who I was, what I offered, et cetera. But I also relied on my network. You were probably, because I knew you then, you were probably good at it because you believed in yourself, but going into a pitch meeting is probably a different process for you. You know, it, it may be less nervousness or, you know, I, I still get excited going into a pitch meeting, right? It's, it's fun. I think that if you don't find that type of thing fun, if, you know, some people it just drives them nuts, that's something to look at, right? If you don't like doing that, I mean, most of my business comes from referrals, which is great, but you still have to be willing to put yourself out there because you, you are always looking ahead. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And you may, I mean, I'm the same way. I tell people my marketing plan is to sit by the phone and wait, but I get referrals or it's someone I've worked with before, but that doesn't mean it closes the deal. It means I have a warm lead and it's my role to tell whomever the other decision makers are the value add I bring to the table. I do think that over time it gets easier. I believe more in my model and what I can offer now than I did seven years ago because I've fine-tuned it, refined it, it, and developed it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That being said, if the thought of going in and selling yourself is your biggest nightmare, don't go into consulting because you have to do that. You have a contract with a company. They are going to hire you you have to tell them why they have to hire you over somebody else. Mm -hmm. And you have to believe in your ability to do it because if you don't, the person on the other side of the phone, the video, the table, they're going to, they're going to pick up on that. So again, I I really think you got to really believe in yourself. And then I think it's really important to work with professionals when you are establishing infrastructure. Like I got a referral to a CPA and I went to her and she said, okay, you know, she, she suggested since I had a partner that we set up an S corporation, right. Which has really served me, um, you know, since I, I, this is year 17, my goodness. And then she said, and I want you to, you know, I want you to work with this attorney because I trust him. Right. And I did, I outlaid money for an attorney when, yes, you can, you can set up your own corporation, but especially, you know, 
especially in this case, there was more than one person. And I just think it's smart to have an attorney at least review a document before you sign it. Mm -hmm. Amen. And read everything you sign, you know, I mean, I mean, I write some of my own contracts, which is lunacy, but I've also had my base contract reviewed by legal for money and all of those things. But sometimes I'm like, who am I writing this? But well, you're delivering the service, right? And you know what you're worth. And basically it's just an agreement. So who are you not to girl? Right. (laughs) But I think that all of these things, I mean, I got to tell you, independent again, I don't know you. So I don't know if you're super organized or good with follow through, but if you're a consultant, you have to be pretty organized, even if it's your own cockamamie organization. Now you don't have a boss to oversee it, but for the client delivery, they need to see you as reliable, consistent, organized on top of things. And if that's not you, farm it it's, out. it's either you have to budget to have other people do that for you, or you got to figure out how to make it work or you, you know, you, that's where the honest conversation is. Maybe, you know, that's not my strength. Maybe if I have to do this, I, this is not going to be playing to my strength. So I've always had a bookkeeper, you know, do my books and it was never that expensive. And, you know, I, I just feel like that's in good hands and I don't have to worry about it. Right. Yep. I got one. I just have to make sure I do those expense reports. Right. So I, I reimburse myself. Right. And that needs to happen. I mean, do that. I usually do that, you know, once or twice a year. It's, you know, I have to do it in order to submit my taxes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I hired a bookkeeper and mine aren't complicated, but I hated it and I dreaded it and I sucked at it. Therefore, I now pay someone who does not hate it, dread it or suck at it. And I made it go away. But again, that's a cost of my business that isn't in my pocket. It's in hers. Happily to give it to her because goodness gracious. Well, right. And also, also my guess is that you charge more for your services, you know, than what a bookkeeper charges. So you got to weigh that out too. If it's a matter of timing, right. It might be better to focus on where you can deliver the best value. Yep. And you and I are bringing home the bacon. Yeah. But you and I will tell people all day long. It's also about your mental health and that stuff was stressing me out. And therefore it got outsourced because it's not, it's not core to what I do, but it's something that I need to do as a business owner. I want to like turn a little bit and talk another thing because this independent talked about being inside a company and they've been inside numerous companies. And when you're a consultant, you're not inside. And I mean, most of my clients, I have an email address with them. I look, I look to the world like an insider, but at the end of the day, I'm an outsider. And sometimes that may feel weird because everyone's in the office and I'm a remote person, but a lot of times it's because I'm not actually on the team. Like, I like to think I'm on the team. I like to think I'm a value add. But when push comes to shove, I'm not on the website. I'm not on the team. I don't go to team building stuff. And and sometimes I'm left out of conversations, that even though I'm like, I could have been a value add to that conversation. But you're not there. Sometimes they happen in person, right? You know, I, I look back to when I just started doing contract work, consulting work, and my first two years, I was, I was payroll serviced. So I was a consultant, but I actually got a paycheck from a payroll servicing company. So that was, you know, that was different. Like that, that was easy. I knew I was going to get a paycheck every Friday. 
I think I was even eligible for benefits, right? There were some benefits that were came associated with that because it was a long-term contract. That was easy. And I was part of an extended team. So for two years, you're, and I was internal. So I, I worked, I didn't work remotely like I do mostly today. So I had an office in the company and you know, so I was, I was kind of in between. I was kind of, you know, I, like when you were at, similar to when you were at VMware, Liz, you were, you were long, you were probably one of the longer people on the, on the staff, right? You had probably more historical knowledge than a lot of maybe even the new managers. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, at one point there, they had this thing going around at VMware. I don't know if John remembers it, but it was like, if you had joined at a certain date, it said how many, like what percentage of the people you'd been there longer than I think I was like 97%. Like, but I'd never, I was always a contractor. And I think there's a difference between, I was a full-time contractor. Like I didn't have any other gigs. I wasn't hustling. I, I, I just got payroll through a payroll service, didn't have benefits and didn't get stock. Stupid me. I was there nine years moving on, but That's different than I think what we're talking about here, which is being a consultant. I think when you're an in-house contractor, you're fully on the team. It's just like a payroll difference. Yeah. Or it may be almost the same, except maybe you don't get some of the professional development training opportunities that the full-time people get, but you know, you're invited to the, you know, department parties and you know, they, they, they treat you as a team member. That's more of an, we're going to call that internal. But if you don't have a desk in the office, you're, you're an, ex- an external consultant. And, you know, this is where the people skills come, come very much in handy and the relationship building skills. I have a client that I've been working with. I'm going into my 10th year with them and I've been working with them at least 25 hours a month. And, you know, it's been a, it's been a fabulous client for me because I started doing one thing. I started, I, I ran a, I developed and ran a college recruiting program for them. And once I started getting my coaching certifications, they were very open to me going in and, and sharing what I learned with them. And so now, you know, for several years, I haven't touched recruiting with them very rarely. Like I might jump in on a strategy call, but now I do, you know, I do executive coaching. I work very closely with the leadership team. I do 360 degree feedback. I do one-on-one coaching and performance coaching. It's, it's super fun. And I feel like I'm almost internal, even though I don't have an office in the building because of the long-term relationship piece. But every other client I have, I've not had for that long of a time. And it's, it's very different. You, it's important to know which questions to ask because you need to find out exactly, in order for you to help them, you need to be drilling down with them about what their needs really are because sometimes people think that their needs are one thing, but then once you start asking them questions, they haven't thought about it fully. And then they realize, you know, you get to a place where, oh, actually I need this is more of what I need, right? So the ability to to be able to ask the right questions and assess a situation, I think is key to being able to be successful in that outside role because you're just, you don't have the inside knowledge. And so it's really important to, that's where the communication is so important. What else? There's, I mean, there's lots of dynamics with inside, outside, but. And I think that one thing around that, you know, when you're outside and, and you're you're the person they bring in to do certain things, but you have to flush out the full piece. But again, there are times that you're kind of put in your consultancy place, which is not as a member of the team, even if everyone likes you, you know, that doesn't mean you're not liked or whatever. But I think that I want to like take that into, it can be lonely being a consultant, especially, you know, you work at home, you live at home, all those things. But 
it can be lonely because you probably don't have a peer. And, you know, you have to really use your board of advisors and call people up. But you may have someone who works with you. You may have a partnership. It just depends. But often you're especially starting out your sole proprietor and it gets lonely and you're making decisions and the weight is all on you of, okay, am I going to get a paycheck? What am I going to do? What happens when this ends? And not everyone's made for that. It can be really stressful if you let it be really stressful. And that's, you know, I, you know, both of us have talked about the importance of, of, making sure you're taking really good care of yourself so that you can make good decisions in your career, whether you're independent or part of the team, really. But you may not have a boss anymore, which Mm -hmm. is great, but you're also your own boss. Yeah. And your clients, you know, you're answering to your clients. So there, it it is, uh, you know, it's not the same, but there is a, there is a little bit of a dynamic there. Well, and there's not that employee cushion. It's like, we've talked about like, it's hard to go on vacation because when you're a contractor, they don't care that you get the R&R. They care that you're there when you need them. They're nice enough. Oh, you're on vacation. Okay. But you better not go on too many and you and better you're not be gonna get paid. You're not going to get paid for going. That's for sure. So you got a budget. You got to, there's so much, you know, your pricing is, is so important, you know, with independent consulting and, it, and, and you, you got to charge more than you think because there are all these costs. Right. And also, you, you know, are you, you know, how many, how many weeks of vacation do you want to take a year? You you better make sure that you build that into your consulting fee so that you'll be able to afford to. That's a huge point that you take a vacation and it's not just going to cost you the money for the vacation, but it's also going to cost you because you're not going to make any money that week. Yeah, it's going to cost you in missed revenue. And, you know, I've made that choice before. Sometimes it's not a fun choice or, you know, what what Liz and I often do is we do the vacations and then we end up working a little bit because, you know, we run our companies and, and, you know, some things you got to check, you got to check. You have good boundaries with that, Liz. I do, but I I have not unplugged completely in a very long time. But that being said, you know, even for someone like me, I live in Austin, Texas. Most of my clients are on the West Coast, two hours behind me. I've worked between part-time and full-time at different points throughout my consultancy. But I pick up my own kids at three o'clock my time. That's one o'clock their time. I can't just check out at 1 p.m. their time. Then I'm not very reliable or available. So I end up being available until about 7 p.m. my time, which is five their time, because that's close the business. After that, I'm, I can be spottier. But if I feel like I need to be reliable and dependable, even though that cuts into my evening. And so I think, I, I just think there's, There's a lot around all of those things that everyone needs to make that decision for themselves. So you may not have the boss, but you're not going to have the coworkers necessarily either. Mm -hmm. And that can be tough, especially when you're grappling with things. Kat, talk a little bit about like career growth as an independent consultant, because I think that that's also something to consider. I think that career growth is possible. As a consultant, I think it's all about the relationships that you make and the value that you deliver. So, you know, 20 years ago, things have changed, right? So I think that it was a harder path maybe 20 years ago to kind of opt out of the traditional corporate ladder. But I think that there are more opportunities now and 
and it it really comes down to how 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 strategic are you and and what value do you bring to the business and your relationships and i think that if you build the relationships and do what you say you're going to do and really provide value then there's opportunity for growth what do you think liz i think you start with your core competencies right so like i'll just speak for my own i do the recruiting thing pretty well. So I started as a recruiter, but then I've always had an HR bent. So I showed clients. Yeah, you started at more, you know, HR first. I started as HR moved into recruiting, but that was in-house. I mean, as a consultant, you know, people were hiring me, fill this job. I'm like, oh, but you're a new startup. You don't have any HR. Let me help you with that. I can be your person. And so I've evolved it organically. And I think I've gotten career growth and challenge through that and have evolved because I've told them what I could do for them versus they, them hiring me in that role kind and of pigeonholing you in, in yeah. the one function. Yeah. But at the end of the day, my bread and butter is still filling jobs. Now I've built out a team so that I can scale and also so that I can get a little bit farther away from the day to day. But that comes with time. But I do think that you're going to be doing a lot, especially at the beginning of what your core competency is. Absolutely. You're not going to get hired for the like, oh, I want to go into training. I'll try it with you. They're going to be like, no, I'll get no. a trainer to do that. Yeah. And you're, so you're going to have to expect the other thing to budget in is your own professional development. I've spent a ton of money on professional development. Uh, and I don't regret an ounce of it. It's all been good. But that's, you're not going to have a company to to foot that bill. And that stuff, you know, conferences can be expensive, classes, certifications. All of it is, you know, are the steps that you take to further your career, whether you're, you know. Mm-hmm. And you've done that so well, because you've, you've gone out, gotten the education to evolve yourself and then share that with clients so that they're like, oh, look it, Kat's now got these new tools. Let's try that. Versus just being like, I'm sure I could figure that out. I'll go get the, if you hire me to do it, I'll go get the certification. Like that's backwards. I, I think one of my clients wanted 360 feedback. So, you know, I did go out and get that certification because I knew they had that need. But yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's worked out really well for me personally. And I can still do the recruiting. I still, you know, that's still, you know, we, we can talk about that forever, right? <laughs> <laughs> the process. Mm-hmm. I think that you can do it as a consultant, mm-hmm. but you're supporting it. You're driving it. You're driving and you it. better learn to pitch. Yeah, well, I took the class. I haven't done it before, but I'd love to try it with you. You better have some real good trusting relationships if you're going to do that. So you can grow and you're definitely going to grow in your business management skill sets and other things. But if you aren't where you kind of want to be professionally, it may not be the place to do that. Not that we're being full negative Nelly. I don't know. Before we end, Kat, what's your favorite thing about being a consultant? Being able to work from anywhere. I mean, I, I was in Tonga six years ago. This past week, I, the, the Facebook memories came up, right? And I, I swam with humpback whales. And the first day that we were about to go out on a boat, the managing partner of the firm that I currently work, or the, you know, the senior partner of the firm that, that I've been working with for the last 10 years called me and I said, okay, you have 15 minutes before I get on a boat. So hopefully we can, you know, hopefully we can work through what you need help with because that's all we got. I'm getting on a boat in 15 minutes. So, you know, that is really fun. And it's also a little bit of a dual edged sword because there's only, you know, in, in our cases, yes, we, we, we have worked with teams, right. But the, for the decision-making aspects of the business, we 
are the ones that make the decisions for our business. So sometimes we have to work when we're on vacation. Uh, And also I'll tell you the second one. The second one is knowing when it's not going to be a good fit and saying, I don't think I'm going to be the best resource for you, but let me give you some other options, right? Because in an employment situation, you don't really have that choice when you're an employee. You know, if it's not going to be a good fit, I'm not going to be able to really serve you the way that I'm capable of. And, and you know, the client deserves that, right? The, the client deserves the best fit. So, right. And I think that's, you know, you're ethical and, and I will too. I'll say, oh, this isn't a fit. But yeah, I mean, I've definitely in my career been assigned hiring managers. I'm like, oh, I don't like you and I would not want to work for you. And I don't want to put people with working for you. It was really difficult, but that was my job. And so as a consultant, if that person came to me, I'd be like, oh, I can't. I'm so sorry. Not really. Very full, too full. So I do think there's that independence that's really neat. And I think it builds confidence. I think if it goes well. <laughs> you learn to really believe in yourself. You do. And, and you learn to kind of know your worth and know what you can do. And you can look at what I like about it is I can look and say there are a number of different companies out there that I had a pretty solid impact on. And in seven years, I wouldn't have had that impact on as many companies because I wouldn't have been that much of a job hopper. And that's pretty cool. To make a difference, right? I'm proud. Yeah. And, And I'm proud because I know how I did it, like authentically and all according to my own values. And so that was neat. Awesome. Yeah. So we can't hear what you decide to do independent. And anyone, if you have a question, just send it to us at realjobtalk at gmail.com and we will put you on the next show. Thanks for listening. Bye. This is Real Job Talk, a podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. Our website with all Real Job Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topics you'd like to talk about, and real job talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at realjobtalk. And on Instagram and Facebook at realjobtalkshow. My name is Kat Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at Daily Cat, And on LinkedIn, you can find me via Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm at Liz Beeks and Salt. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is a Tech Reckoning production. Our producer is John Mark Troyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And we're here by the water cooler waiting to talk with you. <laughs>